This is back to back. Yo, what's up, back to backers? This is Willie Joy. Welcome to the show. This is back to back. This is my podcast. We're back. How are you? Good to be with you. Look, I got an old friend coming back on the show. Somebody who has not been on in uh, five and a half years, it would appear. So if you were here for the beginning of Back to Back. If, if you're a Back to Back lifer, you may remember this, but even if you're not, I'm gonna guess you're already familiar. JCO is back on the show. JCO is here and he just put out his debut album, which is a crazy thing to say for uh, somebody who's been in the game as long as he has. But the debut album from JCO is out right now. It is called Twilight Nine. This is a pretty big step artistically, creatively for JCO. And you're going to hear us talk plenty about uh, this creative reinvention, flourishing, whatever you want to call it for him. I would say in pretty much every way, it's it's an evolution of where he's been, all of his influences coming together to make something new and fresh and cool. So Twilight Nine, it is out right now. Uh, I talked to him last week. He had just gotten done uh, with his release party for the album, uh, which he threw as a golf tournament. This is another thing you're gonna hear us talk about. He's starting to meld all of his passions to try to make a, a new experience in, in both worlds. It's a cool idea, and if you've listened to this show long enough, you know that I love it when people take big swings try out-of-the-box ideas, and uh, JCO, man, he's full of them. Always been a hustler, and uh, it was great to catch up with him. So go grab the album. I'm going to throw a link in the description of this episode where you can go and get that. You can follow me as well, at Willie Joy, at Back to Back Pod on all social media. Much love for all the support on the show. Tell a friend about Back to Back. Put somebody onto it. Recommend a favorite episode. All that good stuff. I see it. I love it. And I'm pretty excited for some of the episodes we're working on for the fall. As always, sending much love, much support to everybody out there, to you, the person hearing my voice. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it right now. Great to catch up with him, man. This is me and JCO back to back. Let's go. Are you? Uh, <laughs> did I did I just wake you up? Were you sleeping in after? No, nah, I've I've been up early, just kind of reveling in the events of last night and just the album being out and just. It's just a whirlwind. It's kind of, kind of an emotional morning, actually. Just with the album, or or more than that. I mean, the combination of the album and the event I threw uh, last night, the Twilight Nine Invitational Golf Tournament album release event, just like because I've been like doing so much golf stuff and trying to incorporate that with just my brand as an artist and just my lifestyle because I love it so much and. Like I've been in the golf space doing all these things and making these relationships and just like the amount of people that showed out and like show love and just like the energy at the event was just like super unique for the golf space. And like all the music, it was like half music industry people have like golf industry people essentially. And like from both sides, people were like, yo, this is so cool. Like nothing like this has been done before to like release an album. And for the golf people, they're just like, this is so sick. You got this music and these cool brands and these dope people that we would never see or meet, you know? Right. So it was just like, it was, it was just amazing, man. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, I, yeah, dude, I, I love seeing how happy it's making you. Cause that's, I, yeah. I know that feeling. Uh, tell me about the, the golf thing. Maybe this is a thing I just never knew about, but I feel like the last time I saw you, like the golf wasn't as big a, a thing in your life. No, I mean, over the years it has got, a much more you know it's just become a much bigger part of my life you know like I just I started golfing probably like eight years ago and just you know it was just super hacky just fucking around with my boys and this and that and I just became I just fell in love with the game more and more at a certain point I was you know like every artist does comes to some sort of a you know crisis or a point you're like you know what am I doing what is my brand what is 
what am I trying to show people? And I just hit a point where I was like, you know, pre pandemic, I was making like super aggressive dubstep, like just festival bangery type shit and like doing tours and playing festivals and doing stuff on that, which was great at the time. But, you know, throughout the course of the pandemic, it was just like a full reboot. And just like that music just was not speaking to me anymore, like really at all. <laughs> and I was just like yeah. a point where like, certain of my old records that may have like five million streams. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to play this ever again. And it's said, you know, I so know that feeling, it was just yeah. like, you know, so I just reached a point where like, you know, previously with the dubstep stuff and I was like a hip hop battle DJ before that, you know, my, just my whole like kind of brand persona was just like, you know, on some battle, like cool guy, tough guy shit, you know? And just like, I'm, and I'm just like, that doesn't resonate with people anymore. That shit doesn't fly. I'm like, I want to, connect with people you know on a deeper level beyond like the service level this is my music this is what i look like and just like creating and just showing people who i really am you know outside of just like i make music and like can dj my ass off type shit so right. it's like you know so like golf is just something i truly love so like incorporating that in my brand as an artist is something that's not really been done by like any artist in our space you know, like now, like there's like DJ Cal is, you know, trying to push golf shit, which is like, you know, but he's like uh, super aggressive with it. And like, he's genuine, like he definitely loves the game, but like I'm coming to it from a super organic angle. And it's just like, I made it part of, you know, kind of decide, I was like, yeah, I want to start pushing golf content with my music stuff. And then I just started getting involved with like all these like top brands in golf, like Malvin golf. I work really close with, and have from the start because Steve Malvin, I've known for years before he started the brand. They're basically like for, I'm sure most people watching this aren't golfers. Yeah. But you got to tell like, me too. Cause I don't yeah, know anything. Yeah. So Malvin golf is basically like the Supreme of golf. They're like merging streetwear with golf clothes and making like dope swaggy golf stuff and doing collabs with like pro skateboarders. And like, you know, we just did an exclusive collab for my album released event. Um, so just stuff like that. I'm working with Top Golf and like Adidas and like all these like great brands. Like, so basically golf like exploded by like some, I forget it's like 4,000% over the pandemic. Cause that was the only thing you could go outside and do. Yeah. So yeah. all these people picked up golf and it's just like golf is becoming cool and all these big brands want to be cool, but like don't necessarily know how to do that in the golf space. So I come in as, you know, the, the cool DJ guy, um, pushing golf stuff. And it's all, I'm just welcome with open arms because I'm not stepping on anyone's toes in the golf industry. I'm just like uniquely me and bringing something cool to the table. And I'm like, you know, producing music for like, like country club adjacent, uh, Blake Weber's, uh, like golf podcast, YouTube channel, like all their videos. Like I produce all the music for that stuff. And like, you know, producing, you know, stuff like I'm talking to 2K Sports, might have some stuff and some games coming up and just like, just dialing in head first on that stuff on top of the music stuff. And then, you know, Gorilla Paz is a whole other thing. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about <laughs> that too. But yeah. yeah, man, you've been busy. I mean, it's, there, there's a lot, man, in what you just said, what you just made me think about. And this is kind of like a more philosophical angle on it, but it's like, it's kind of amazing what we can do once you sort of let go of like, like preconceived notions about yourself or like it yeah. once, like if you get too married to your own sense of self identity, I think it can hold you back sometimes. Yeah. And and I'm not even just talking about you. I'm talking about me and, and everybody where it's like, it's kind of amazing where, you know, maybe at a certain point you'd be like, well, I have this passion for golf, but it doesn't, I don't see how it fits in with DJing right. and these other things I do. So right. I guess we'll just keep them separate and not think about it. But once you sort of drop that and get over maybe like, I don't know, if it was me, I'd be like, oh, is that, am I going to feel embarrassed about like trying to right. do this new thing, all of that? And yeah. it's so, and I've had these experiences too, man. Once you drop all of that, it's so like what you're talking about to me, it just sounds yeah. so fun to be like, it's Oh, just, there's no reason I can't do this. Yeah. It's just fun and organic. And it's like, you know, the most painstaking part of being an artist these days is creating content. And it's like, 
all this content is just coming from doing shit that I love. It's like, it's not, it's not like a pain in the ass to do. I'm just like filming myself doing shit that I love. You know, we're both like to speak to what you were saying, like a lot of us and most artists are like, you know, what are other people doing? I need to project myself to fit into a certain mold, which I was doing for years and years. We've all just like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how the fuck do you stand out if you're just trying to fit into the mold that there's a thousand other artists doing? Now, like what I'm doing, I'm literally creating a lane for myself that has never existed before. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm an artist, producer, and DJ that makes super dope shit, but like, I'm trying to like turn myself into more of like a lifestyle brand, you know, just like more relatable. Like I'm pushing golf stuff. Like there's a lot of people who love golf. Like I own a pizza restaurant with my brother, you know, like these are things that everyone in the world loves pizza and can identify and feel this, you know, just what it takes to like open a restaurant and get it popping and this and that. So it's like just making yourself more relatable. So people can like attach themselves to the story of you and what you're doing versus just like, Oh, here's JCO back with some more music, you know, check it out. And you like, you don't really care about it as much or like I'm showing all this stuff. And like, you know, like I put so much work and emotion into this album and the golf stuff and like the gorilla pie stuff. Cause it's all things that I genuinely care about, like to the, to a crazy level. You know, dude, that's what it is. It's like when it, when it doesn't feel like work, you know, you're on the right path. And hearing you talk about sort of being embraced by the golf world too is, is a really nice thought. Cause that's another thing to, to go back to this, like more philosophical angle is like you, I think we get so married to like, well, I have, like you were saying, I have to fit in with this crowd Uh or this scene. Sometimes it's a good fit. Sometimes it's not, it's always changing all of that. But when you sort of step back from it and realize that like, there's a whole world out there and outside of that, dude, I I had a similar, like when I first started this podcast, it was sort of a similarly freeing experience because at the time when I started, there was almost nobody doing it for dance music. Now there's a bunch, which is great. But when I first started doing it, it's what you were talking about, about golf, where just everyone was kind of happy to see me for a minute, you know, because it was yeah. just this cool thing. I wasn't asking anyone for a favor. I was just yeah. coming in with a new angle, something everybody could have fun with. And it's just a conversation. And yeah. the first year of the podcast, it was kind of what you're talking about with golf, where everyone was just like, oh, this is cool. And there was yeah. no weirdness. There was no competition. Yeah. It, it just, just felt freeing. right. You know, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. just, because like for years, you know, like I was, especially when I was like making all this like heavy dubstep shit, you know, I'm like putting out records, but like in that whole scene, like I'm like, I'm, I'm an OG dude. I've been doing this shit for bad long and have crazy accomplishments throughout my career. And like, I'm making this style of dubstep or whatever. And then I'm like, you know, networking and talking to other artists and like some 21 year old rhythm kid is like trying to big time me. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why do I give a fuck about this kid? Like shit, dude isn't shit, you know? Like, you know, just like that whole energy of trying to fit into like whatever little niche. I'm just like kind of over that shit. I'm like, I'm going to do what the fuck I do and what I love and whoever attaches to it is dope. And I still am obviously down and fuck with so many, you know, dubstep artists or great friends of mine. And I still make dubstep, you know, like my album definitely has hints of dubstep, but it's more like, it's like undertones versus, you know, an overtone. Like, you know, the melodics and beauty of the music is the focus where like the hard shit is like there, but it's not like in your face, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's a good time for an album like this. I really like the album, by the way. And uh, thank you. You tell me if you agree with this. When I was listening to it, this is what I was thinking about because I've known you on and off for a long time. And a lot of yeah. times we would get together. And I obviously, your first podcast on here, we talked about your whole background. You have crazy right. hip hop bona fides going all the way back. You love right. funk music, soul music, like sample digging, like all that kind of stuff. And sometimes when I would talk to you, I get a sense of like, maybe not frustration, but just like a sense of like that you weren't able to fully do everything you loved in music 
because you were kind of focusing on like the heavier side at the moment, that right. kind of thing. And listening to the new album, I, it really seemed like you were able to bring together like all the influences that I know yeah. that you love. And yeah. it, it sounds weird to say like, you finding your sound because you've been doing this for um, so long, but, nah, but, it but felt like, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Cause it felt like you found a new sound at least. Yeah. I mean like this, this album, uh, these are all the records that basically I started like during the pandemic, you know, like this whole time of reflection and figuring out who I am and where I'm trying to go. And just like, you know, my whole mindset when I was making music, during the pandemic was like, all right, I got all this time. The first thing that came to mind was just like anything, any part of production that I felt like, you know, I was weak at or like would go seek help for like certain things. I was just like, I got all the time in the world. I'm going to learn this shit. So like, I just like could fluidly get out my ideas in a much more efficient way. And then once I like broke through that barrier, I was just like, I'm just going to make music that just, comes straight from the soul like just comes out of me because i'm like there's no crowd to please right now so i was like i'm making music for me and just like whatever i vibe with energy wise and it just turned into something that was just like the coolest most unique shit that i've ever made you know and then once all these records came back together you know and i had this batch of records um you know at that time like my manager was like kind of all over the place it's like what he thought i should do and then, you know, time kept passing by. Like I put out like some kind of banger stuff. Like I did like an EP with uh, Boogie T on his label and a couple singers here and there. And then I stopped working with that manager and I was just like, kind of like, all right, what, what am I going to do now? I got all this music that's fucking amazing. It needs to come out. And I just decided like, I'm going to put this album out as an album, do it myself on my label so I could control the timeline of rollout, the art and just everything, you know, cause like I had these records and send them to certain labels and they'd be like, Oh, we like this one record, but another like, we'll put it out in nine months. I'm like, dude, like <laughs> fuck that. You know? So I'm like, if I put it, if I put my fucking nuts on the table and do it myself, like I can roll it out how I want and like the full vision from content to music. So like I've been doing a new single all summer, like every two to three weeks, all summer leading up to, today which is when the album comes out and it's just like feels great so i have a constant stream of getting this stuff out teasing things and now like it's all together and it just feels so fucking good bro, to have this shit out. it's crazy Dude, I, I could i could imagine man i mean yeah it's uh like obviously pandemic time and all that i think was a lot of soul searching for a lot of musicians and creatives and all that i mean for for everybody really in the world but it, yeah. it's it's cool to see like not everybody really came out of it with like a clear resolution you know what i mean or like a realization or you know yeah. i mean some people just disappeared and other people kind of went back to doing the same thing which there's nothing wrong with it but it's like it's nice to hear that like you are able to use it in a productive way not just to make cool music and to figure out what you're doing with your career, but it, it sounds like it was kind of this holistic thing where, I don't know, you seem happier maybe. Yeah, I am for sure. It's just like, I'm just, I'm just basically removed myself from the rat race and I'm just like creating my own lane, you know, like it's, but also at the same time, it's a lot tougher to get back to where I was in terms of bookings and festivals and this and that. Cause I'm like, basically full rebrand with a new sound. So it's like, although it's going to be a longer road to get back to where I was or bigger, like it, I feel like it's much more, you know, meaningful and just like holds more weight because I'm doing my own shit and I'm not, my album sounds not, it doesn't sound like anything else. You know what I'm saying? It's just unique. So it's like, obviously there's frustration on the booking side and, you know, management side, that shit's always, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, until you get the right, you know, big team pushing your shit, like it's a grind and all every artist out there goes through it and knows it. So it's like, I'm just so, you know, I've been DJing in, in the industry over 20 years at this point. So it's like, I've been the high, every high and low you can think of I've experienced. And I'm just like tough, tough, you know, at this point where, you know, 
when shit sucked, like I just fucking work harder, you know? Well, dude, you've, you've always had, I, I was listening back to the first podcast we did, which was like five and a half years ago, which is insane. Crazy. crazy. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago. But one thing that really struck me listening back to it, which I've always known about you, but kind of hearing you talk about your whole history is like, you have such a crazy hustle mentality that it just seems yeah. like, you know, whenever you're hitting a setback, like you're immediately snapping into like, okay, how can we pivot? What can we do next? Project yeah. after project, dropping all these songs, you know, like never really letting up. And we we talked about your background, like getting into the industry and all that. But I I don't think I've ever actually asked you, like, where does that that hustle come from and that energy? Because it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy energy. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's hard to exactly pinpoint but I mean, maybe it comes from like, you know, growing up, I was a middle child, three brothers. So everything was, uh, I got to meet you. I got, you know, like a hustle versus the brothers. You got to stand then, out a little like, yeah, yeah work but, to stand yeah, out. Yeah. But basically like when I first started DJing, my main focus was to be, I was a battle DJ, you know, like I did massive like DJ competitions, scratching and doing all this stuff. And like the mindset and work ethic needed to get good at that and excel at that is like insane. The amount of time and thoughtfulness to like execute creatively, create something and execute it live, which I think that really just turned me into just like a crazy, you know, hustler in that sense. And just being a battle DJ also helped me in terms of like just my stage presence performance when I DJ, I'm, I'm very animated because like in a battle, there would be literally a, a, a technical category, stage presence, this and that. So just like having a big presence on stage and just like being aggressive, like is just was ingrained in me in such a, such a young time. And just also like, I just like, I, I love to win, you know, like I'm a competitive ass dude. Like I grew up playing sports and everything. So it's just like, I have like, I have to do everything in my power to be as good as I can to try and make myself succeed. And it's just like, I refuse to be a failure, you know? So it's like, as long as I keep trying and hustling, like I, I didn't fail. As long as you're pushing and doing yeah. something, as long as you don't give up, bro, like you didn't fail. Like you're just, it's just grinding away. You know, some people's paths are like this. My shits, I've been like this and this and this, but like, you know, I'm never back to ground zero because I refuse to let myself be there. So that's Dude, just been I, my men mentality. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much of the mindset of like, yeah, if you don't give up, then you haven't failed. That's kind of the only way to fail. It, it's funny though, like the competitive thing and the sports thing. Because I, yeah. you see that a lot in the music industry, like people who right. have that background or that competitive edge, and it's it's interesting to me because I don't I don't think I'm like competitive in that way where it's like right. I'm not trying to I don't know I was never a sports guy so it's like I'm not trying right. to like beat the other team or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but for me, like in music, like I wouldn't say I'm like competitive versus other people, but it's of like course. competitive versus myself. Yeah. Like, like I'm like, Oh, I did this on this level. Like I got to beat myself, keep beating myself to level up and yep. like, just keep elevating, you know? It makes sense. But, yeah. But any, any sport anyone plays me and I, I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to, trying to fuck you up. Like yeah. <laughs> ping, ping pong, basketball, golf, winning, whatever, bro. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get that done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, I mean, the, the album is great. There's, I wanted to ask you before we kind of move off of it, like there's a couple other things that stood out to me. One, uh, was that there was just more songwriting going on, like yeah. song songs. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you just that process not that that's surprising to me that it would be something you were good at, but had you done much songwriting kind of in that more traditional sense before this? I mean, I've kind of always dabbled in it, but like, you know, just previously I was just like thinking festival, thinking, you know, parties. So I wasn't as focused on that, but I always loved it. And I'm all, I've always been good at writing and helping with 
you know, vocal delivery and melodies and words and lines, but it was just never like a focus. But like, once I made these records, it sounded like, I was like, these need to be songs. I'm like, these aren't bangers. Like this album feels like it's more of like a listening album. Right. You know, like, unless I'm playing like a super, like a straight artist show, like I probably wouldn't play these in a, in a club set, you know, because, because they're so vibey and chill. But that's why I'm going to do a whole remix EP, but that's something else. But really, it's like, I really enjoy that process. Like, I love, like, working with a vocalist. Like, honestly, like, a few of the songs on the album, like, I literally wrote the lyrics and sang it and sent a demo and, like, had someone redo it. Right. And then other ones, like, the record with Gravitz, like, you know, I, I made the beat, sent it to him. He sent back some kind of hummy melodies and, like... um you know, a rough take. And then we literally sat on a zoom session like this and like went through words and melodies and delivery and literally banged it out in like a matter of like two sessions. And like that song specifically is like, maybe I feel like one of the best songs I've ever made, just like in terms of songwriting structure, just like being just like a beautiful fucking piece of work. Yeah. it's um, No, so, it's really yeah. great, man. I mean, Grabbits is great too, but yeah, that one I think it's stands incredible. out as like an evolution for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Talking about like the, the sort of aesthetic too of the album, like you were saying, yeah, some of it's a little more chill. A lot of it to me was very like beachy or almost like psychedelic in some way. I mean, the, yeah. the artwork is super psychedelic. Yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that too, because kind of talking about, you know, like over the pandemic, sort of figuring yourself out a little more, like refocusing on what makes you happy, all of that. A lot of this also deals, I think, with like mental health and like yeah. mindfulness and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Is that wh- whether it's like actual psychedelics or just like some other practice you've done to like help your your mind get better? Is there is that a part of it, too, like leading into this? Um I wouldn't say that was like a leading factor. I mean, I, I play around with psychedelics, but that wasn't like a part of how this album was made. It was really just like me finding myself and my sound. And like in terms of the artwork and psychedelic, like I'm very in tune with just like the art world. My whole family is artists. Like my my dad is a painter and photographer. My mom does like art installations and like crazy, like multimedia shit. Like I can't even keep track of okay. the stuff she does. And they're still working. And then, uh, I mean, they're just now they're just retired, like hippies chilling and they have uh, like their own art studios at the house. And my mom still does like art stuff, but my dad just does stuff for himself really. And then my brother is the chef. So he's a culinary artist. And then my little brother is a fine art print, print design maker that like, he does his own art, but he also works on like massive, like, like one of 10 prints itself for like hundreds of thousands of dollars wow. at this like crazy art studio. So like everyone is tapped in to a creative, you know, passion in my family. So, you know, the artwork, I just, you know, I like, you know, colorful shit, you know, and just like things that are appealing to the eye. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to do some like, just like AI, like, you know, yeah, death metal guy with an axe, you know, like I'm like, I'm off <laughs> yeah. that shit. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. I want to, I want to, like, the music is like welcoming, you know, so I want the art to want to draw you in, be like, oh, this looks fun. Like, let's have a listen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. It, it all gels together really well because I do think the, the album has like a very breezy, feel to it that goes along with the the art. And I, I mentioned this before, but it, it feels like like a more full picture of you as an artist because there's also like there's some G-Funk influences and there yeah. some influences from like older kinds of music, older styles yeah. and sounds. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of live instrumentation. You know, previously I'm making all these different types of things that like all these other people are making similar type of things. And I've never really put out a project that was like a full like, this is me as an artist, like listen to this front to back and you're going to be fucking blown away type of thing. You know? So I was like, I really want to like put my foot on the table and just like show people like I'm not some flash in the pan fucking EDM kid. Like I'm a real artist and producer and songwriter and have a year for like making amazing music, you know? And like, that's why I didn't want to like 
put one, one of these records at this label and that label and spread them out over, you know, who the fuck knows how long, you know, I'm like, that's how I was like, this, this project needs to live together. I need to have full control. Like I'm probably like 15 grand into this album. Like I'm putting a lot of money towards this because it's like, it means that much to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's cool too. Now that we're talking more, I'm realizing that I think for for DJ DJs, like people who have been DJing for a while who really care about like actual DJing, there's kind of this mentality that you can only be one of two things. Like either you're, if you want a career out of it, if you want to make money, right. it's like either you're in the EDM world and you know, whatever niche of that you're in, you just go hard on that. Or you're in sort of the, the open format, quote unquote, bottle service, like Vegas yeah. club kind of world. And, right. and it, for a while, it was like, those are the only two options. But what right. I, I like about what you're saying, man, is, yeah, it's just if you open your mind a little more, it's like, actually, there's a million different ways you could do it. But you just yeah. have to sort of have the the mental fortitude to be the first one out of the gate. And, you know, whether you, yeah. you know, do everything right or do everything wrong, it's like you'll be the first one yeah. doing it. I did know? it. Yeah. And it's like, I've, I've been riding that line my whole career because I started as like a hip hop ballad DJ into open format club DJ, you know, and a tour, a rapper's tour DJ to an EDM DJ. And now I'm like, like living in all these different worlds and like where before like previous manager, like, Oh, you have to just do this one thing. And now I'm just like, fuck that, bro. Like this album is going to live and do its thing. And I wanted to, you know, get as much attention and like get to a point where I'm like, playing like true artist sets where I could really play this out and bring out the singers and have like a whole live aspect to the show. But like, in the meantime, like I'm a, I'm pretty good at DJ, you know? So like, <laughs> like yeah. fucking, so I'm like, I'll take a, a random like open format club gig and just go fucking murder it. Cause it's fun. And then I'll take an artist gig where before I'm like, Oh, I can't play this open format gig. Cause the EDM people won't think it's cool. Now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck bro. Like I'll do whatever. Cause as long as it's fun and I make some money, like I'm down to do whatever right now. Like, I'm just like, you know, pedal to the metal, like make shit happen myself. Like I currently don't even have an agent. Like I left my right. last agency cause they sucked. And I'm like, but I've booked out my whole summer. Cause I was like, I'm like, why aren't they getting me shows? You know, like every, everyone thinks of that. Course. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've been touring for so long and have all these contacts. I literally just hit people up and they're like, yeah, of course we'll bring you on. I'm like, dude, how can I book out, you know, a 10 show, uh, tour myself and th this agency can't pull shit in, you know, it's like yep. a lot yep. of times, like your own relationships and your own like fortitude to push forward, like will make things happen a lot quicker than like some like agency that doesn't really give a fuck about you, you know? Yeah, dude. Oh, I've had, you know, I've had a very similar experience at different times yeah. in my career. I mean, it's, it happens to everybody at some point, but it, it makes sense, man. You know, you were talking about sort of bringing all this, all these passions, all these influences together, you know, looking at it as this like lifestyle brand yeah. Uh, yeah. kind of thing. Where do you see it heading in the future? Not that you have to have it all planned out, but you've already taken these initial steps. Do you have more in mind for kind of this new yeah, path? Yeah, I mean, just just keep growing like, like the event I did yesterday was, was crazy. Like the name of my album is Twilight Nine, which is a golf reference. So when you go out, when the sun is setting, you play like a chill nine holes. It's like beautiful and peaceful. So it's a nine track album. So I threw the first ever Twilight Nine Invitational, where it was a, a golf tournament where I was half golf industry, half music industry. I brought them together. They had speakers throughout the whole course. I'm playing the album. It was just like amazing, like uh, exclusive merch drops. I'd like to like have like a golf golf tournaments like paired with a music festival. And like I've actually been um strategizing for a whole tour concept called Beats, Birdies and Brews, where I want to go to major cities and throw block parties that are like, you know, real stage with like headliner artists. I host and perform Odyssey as well, but have like all these different golf activations with beer games and just like bringing these worlds together to throw like real fucking parties is like a big thing that I'm trying to do in terms of the golf and music stuff. And then in terms of like this album specifically, you know, I would love to get it 
So a place where like, you know, I'm playing like real, you know, multi-genre artist festivals, not just like the, the, the EDC is like, obviously I want to do stuff like that, but like, you know, like the Bonnaroo's and Lollapalooza's where I could just live in a world where it's not just EDM, you know, we're just like people who love fucking good music and energy Yep. You know, where I'm like touring and doing like that type, those type of shows would be something that I definitely want to do. So it's just all that. And I mean, aside from that, I have three other side projects I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, uh, yeah. is the 1000 volts with Redman still going? Yeah. So that, um, we're working on another album right now that looking like we'll probably, you know, early next year start putting shit back out. Um, so I have that on the album, there's two records says featuring PB and J, which is, uh, so basically PB and J is Philip Bedreau, the singer on that, who's also an amazing instrumentalist. All those horns on those records are him. Oh, nice. Um, so PB and J is Philip Bedreau and JCL. So we have a whole EP that's like some like Rufus the Soul meets Odessa meets Flume type shit. That's super sick. So I got that. Um, me and the homie G Buck, he actually just moved in my crib. We're no actually way. working on really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I he's love like, him. I didn't know y'all were living together. That's great. Yeah, he's making some eggs downstairs right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but we have a a a super sick side project that I'm not gonna say the name because we're gonna unroll it and not even say it's us, but it's some really dope like party shit, but nice. like real flavor. Um, so I got that, you know, the thousand volt stuff. And then I have just like a gang of other records that I'm sitting on. So got a lot, you know, so it's yeah. like, get this album out, roll it out. I'm going to keep making records in that vein. Hopefully start like, you know, I really want, would love to like produce records for like, just like some bigger artists, you know, where I'm not, I'm not responsible for marketing and promoting it. Just like help, you know, singers and songwriters, like, produce up and punch up like some big songs and like, you know, hopefully get some hit records down the line and that type of stuff, you know, but just, just keep it pushing, man. That's all I do is just keep it fucking pushing. That's why it's, <laughs> I have, so I'm doing 300 things at, at all times, but you know, I'm just throwing darts, you know, some, some's going to be a bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you, cause obviously you are always doing 300 things at a time. You, the whole time yeah. I've known you, you've been doing that. Uh, do you like it that way? Like, are you comfortable in like a chaotic environment like that? I mean, I would love to not be chaotic, you know, but it's just like, I feel like for, for all the things that I've done in my career and accomplishments, like I feel like I deserve to be in a much better place, you know, just in terms of where I'm viewed in the industry and bookings and this and that and financially. So it's just like, until I feel that comfort, it's like, I literally can't chill. I'm like, I have to keep working until like, I feel like I'm appreciated for what I've done, you know? And like, I feel a lot of people do appreciate me. And like, I have people come up to me and like, you know, give me my flowers and like, but like I'm human, you know, and I, I know that I deserve to be, you know, revered in a better, in a higher light, you know? So yeah, I'm just like, I'm just fucking relentless and just like, I got to keep working. So like, I feel comfortable, which probably will never happen. Not that I won't like Excel, but as soon as I hit one level, you know how it is. Like, you're like, how do I go to this and that? So it's just like, but I also just love creating. So it's like all these other side projects started by just me fucking around and be like, Oh, this is a whole other energy. And I just dive into that for a few records. And just like, like G bug moved in a month ago and we made like five originals and a That's remix great. in a month, you know? And That's it's just great. like, the rate that we're making shit is just like, and I just work really quick on getting like ideas out, you know, obviously finishing records. So hundred percent is a whole other fucking game, but like just the initial creation stage, like I'm at a place now where I can really bang out ideas quickly. And just like, once I have the, these ideas in a certain way that I'm just like, all right, focus on finishing this and that, and then just, you know, just keep it pushing. Yeah, man. And you just made me realize, too, because you were talking about that sort of it's never enough, like you're never fully satisfied. You get to one, right. you know, the top of one hill and you just see the next hill, which I think, is, you know, that's a that's a thing any creative can understand. 
And yeah. I think the danger in that is that you can never, like, if that's the only way you see it, then you never fully can be happy or like, you know, calm or any of that. But I, what you're right. doing, which I think is cool and like kind of a good hack for it is, you know, folding in other passions, other things right. that bring you joy and happiness and, and all those things, sort of just because you tie them to what you're doing as an artist, then you ensure that like along the way, there's going to be stuff yeah, that you just genuinely feeding, enjoy, you know? Yeah, it all feeds back in. Like if I'm stressing out about some career shit, I just go go play some golf and I'm in nature and it's beautiful and I'm like smoking weed and it's just like such a vibe where I, I'm not like looking at my phone every two seconds and it's just like a great way to like bring myself down. And I also like, I do like yoga and like work out a good amount. And that's just a great way to just like refocus yourself and like whatever stress you have and just kind of bring it back down a bit. So I just try and do stuff like that to just, I mean, I'm constantly freaking out about everything. Of course. But like, <laughs> as we all are. But it's like, but that freak out, you're just like, so I'm freaking out. I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. You know? So it's like, I'm, I'm working, you know, nine to five, like a day job, but I'm like working on shit that I love. You know, I'm, I'm making a song that I'm handling social media posts for my restaurant. And then I'm like planning some golf stuff and designing some merch. And then, you know, it's just like, it's endless, but it's all stuff I'm passionate about. So it's like, you know, some shit I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this right now. But the majority of it, like, I'm okay with putting in the hours, you know? Of course, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remembered what I forgot to say earlier too, which is that you were talking about, uh, we were talking about like different kinds of gigs and you were saying there was right. a time where it was like, oh, I don't want to do the bottle service gig and the EDM gig. How's it going to look? Blah, blah, blah. And I think it, we're in kind of a different time now, too. And I feel like yeah. not only for like an album like this, I think it's a good time, but just for for people who love DJing in general. Yeah. And he, th this is my take on it. I don't know if you agree, but. We're in this time where kind of nobody's paying as much attention and people forget about shit way faster. So it's yeah. to me, it's it's almost a letting go of our own ego thing of being like, yeah. oh, if I make this move, how's it going to look when the reality is like, oh, people aren't going to pay attention. Like you're paying more yeah. attention than they are, yeah. which sounds negative. But I actually find that very freeing where it's like, oh, you can try anything. Yeah, it's like if I go pull up at some random open format club and fucking murder it, like, yeah, maybe some, like, EDM motherfuckers would be like, oh, like, that venue, this or that. But, like, whoever's in that room, I just made 200 fans. You know what Dude, I'm saying? Like, And I don't even think the EDM forward, people, yeah. I don't even think the EDM people would say that. Like, yeah, I just, you yeah, know, they're not even going to see you do it, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, fuck all those preconceived notions, just do fun shit put yourself in front of people and like, you're going to be happier in the long run. I mean, yeah, that's the simple way to put it, man. I mean, spe speaking of fun shit, tell me about running a pizza restaurant, man. That sounds fun. I don't know anything. About I mean, that. it's fun and hectic, but, uh, well, I, I know yeah. the restaurant business is fucking cutthroat, yeah. but yeah. How did it start? I mean, like, where does this come from? I mean, so my brother, um, chef Ben Osher used to be the head chef of Nobu, Mama Shelter, a Michelin star, wow, Indian yeah. spot. Like, so his chef accreditations are, are out of here. So the pandemic hit and every, every restaurant was closed. No one was working. He, uh, he lived, he lived two blocks away from me at the time. And growing up every Sunday was pizza night with my family. So like, you know, every, we were bored as shit, just like everyone else. And I like, couldn't see many people, but my brother lives two blocks away. Obviously I'm going to see him. So he's like, all right. He's like, I'm going to start just playing around with pizza dough and Sunday nights, like come through. We'll have pizza nights. So I'm like, oh, great. So he starts playing around, working with a dough recipe. And obviously I'm like fucking two blocks away, fucking homemade pizza. Like I'm in, you know? Yeah. And that, it reached, then he kept doing that. And then like during that time, a lot of, uh, you know, just people were doing like food pop-ups out of their crib. Cause like all the restaurants were closed and people wanted some other stuff. And he was like, yo, let, let's do that. Like, fuck it. Right. So we're sitting there. Like I'm like helping chop up ingredients in this kitchen. He's like working on one pie and he's like, what should we call it? And where he was just like, you know, this whole thing is kind of like a gorilla movement for like G U E like that's all a gorilla. 
So we started playing around names like that. I'm like, let's just call it like Gorilla, like the animal, because it's way more animated. The logo could be sick. Yeah. And I was just right there. I was like, Gorilla Pies. And we're just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Then we just like kind of launched it, like word of mouth, friends and family, you know, some neighbors and people were loving it. And um, my dad is a super resourceful dude. And, and like anytime any of us kids are like into something or looking for something, let's like randomly search stuff and be like, hey, I found this or this or that. And in this instance, he found a restaurant that was going out of business there was a, a kosher pizzeria. Oh wow! And uh, and their their selling price was like dirt cheap for like what it was. And uh, it was just like my brother's been working at all these high accredited restaurants, but like you're doing someone else's menu for the most part, right? Yeah. So usually we are just like you know to get this going in terms of like starting a restaurant, it's relatively cheap. I mean. And he was, we were just like, fuck it, let's do it. So then, you know, we got that going and opened up. And since we've been open, we're approaching two years. And it's just been insane, the feedback. Like, we're like LA Times, top 10 new pizzerias. Eater LA loves us. We've been on CBS Morning Show, national news, like every local news station. Like, we're featured in pizza festivals. And just like, the response is insane. So like, currently... Like this location, like I told you, like it was kind of a cheap buy because it's in kind of a random strip mall, a bit out in the valley, not in like a, the most prime location. Right. So like I'm at a point now where I'm trying to expand and open up another like bigger location that my vision for is like a big like pizza parlor, sports bar, event space with a beer patio, maybe like a little putting green in the back, you know, just make it like a community gathering space. And, um, so now I'm working on a business plan to like get seed for investors and raise money. And it's just like, it's just crazy. Cause like, you got to come next time you're out here, but it's like, literally you come in there, just the vibe of the restaurant is so chill and just feels like dope. And it's, it's a family restaurant. And once you try the food, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> cause like, cause like literally like, Cause I do the marketing and PR and like offside event coordination and just like overall brand stuff. But like, you know, a big reason why the restaurant has gotten a lot of exposure is cause I'm an artist and a lot of my friends are influential people. So I'm like, Hey, come in, come in for the food. And like, I'm hosting people. And like, you would think by now I'd be sick of the food, but literally every time I'm hosting someone, I'll take a bite. I'm like, God damn, like this shit is so good. <laughs> what kind of pizza are we talking about here? Cause I saw, I saw some video on your IG, but uh, I wanted to ask you like, was it, it looked like it was a little deep dishy. Am I right? No, nah, well that's, well right now it's, uh, it's thick Thursdays. So we do a deep <laughs> okay. dish on for thick Thursdays. Nice. We got thick, thick pies and loaded fries, baby. No, nah, but but our main our main pie is my brother's actually pioneering or pushing forward Pittsburgh style pizza, which really is just like like he was inspired like growing up in Pittsburgh. There was like these two pizzerias like right next to each other. They after high school like everyone would go there get slices, and um, it's basically a, inspired by that, but definitely not like directly related because like to me it's just. This is my brother's pizza and it's fucking right. incredible. But to like layman's terms, it kind of looks like New York meets Neapolitan. Okay. But like part of the, part of the Pittsburgh influence is just like, I don't know if you heard of Primani brothers. Have you ever been there? No, I don't know that. It's like a legendary Pittsburgh sandwich spot that has like crazy sandwiches with fries and like all this wild shit. But basically the Pittsburgh food, you know, thing is just like anything goes. So like we have crazy signature pies of things you would never think would belong on a pizza, but like my brother's like a scientist in terms like of being what? a chef. What are we so talking like, about? Like uh, one of my favorite ones is called the Rabbi. So it's a pastrami Reuben pizza. Ooh, okay, all right, bro. It's insane. Like he makes a pastrami himself, chars cabbage, fresh cabbage, like onions, all this shit, homemade, like uh, you know, a Russian dressing, and then he takes caraway seeds which is are the seeds yeah. in rye bread and dust them around the crust and they like crunch up in the oven it's like it's an experience bro wow like is it like that it's crazy but but literally he's inventing new pies every week like we just launched a new menu with like five new sandwiches new signature pies 
Our wings are like incredible. Roy Choi. Have you heard of Roy Choi? Like famous I chef. I know the name. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like someone brought him in there for a lunch meeting and uh, he came back the next day to vlog our wings. And he literally said like, these might be the best wings I've had in a decade. And that, that's like Gordon Ramsay saying some shit like that, you know? So it's just like the caliber of the food is incredible. So like our biggest fight is just location and space. Cause like there's, it's not near a retail area or like a lot of businesses. So so lunch, lunch really isn't that popping there. So like, I'm just like, we got to get to like central LA or in a trendy area. And like, this thing could fucking print money. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just super cool. Cause it's like, I never think I would own a restaurant, but I just kind of fell into it. And it's marketing. That is, I kind of approach it like how I market myself as an artist. Right. So I was going to say, there's gotta be a lot of parallels. I mean, it's so much easier, dude, because, you know, us as artists, like everything we put out there, if it's us or our music, we're so sensitive. How does it look? What are people going to say? But it's fucking food. It's pizza. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Oh, some shit that looks good. Say something. And people are going to be like, oh, yes, I want that. You know, so I'm just like approaching that. And it's just like. It's just organically like blew the fuck up to where like all these dope influential people and it's because we're in L.A. So like the word gets out because like random, you know, actors and comedians and musicians will just pop in outside of my network and they're posting about it. Cause like, you know, like as artists, if I, if I hit someone up like, yo, my mom came out, we posted, you know, like, ah, I don't know. Like, you know, people act weird about that, but like everyone's down to post food, you know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> yeah. like, so it's a much, much easier ask. So it's like, it's just really dope. And it's cool because like my brother actually, when I started DJing was like my manager, like but way back in the day, like he had uh, a art design music magazine called beautiful decay and a record label. Oh, that called was Manifest your brother? Music. Yeah. My brother owned that. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I used to love beautiful decay. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, yeah. Super sick. Um, so it's just cool. Cause like, you know, throughout just like my family and just my rise as a DJ and like the VH1 TV show and all this shit. Like I've kind of been like the, you know, the guy in the family getting his flowers and like exposure, but it's, it's really cool. Cause now like I'm setting up interviews for him where right. he's getting all the love. And it's just like really cool to like give him his flowers and like, you know, be like, I almost feel like I'm his manager, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's just super cool and just feels great to like, you know, help him, you know, and in the long run, like, you know, I could see this, like, obviously music is my biggest passion and I love it. I'm going to keep doing it until I die. But like, this could be something where in five years I got restaurants all over the country and fucking, you know, it's just a whole other fucking beast. Yeah, man. Which would be fucking, to be awesome. That's a dream, dude. Of course, man. No, it's, it's beautiful. I love that it's, it's a family business too, or not just a family business, but it's almost like a, like a family tradition. Like it's sound, it's cool to hear not just that, like, you know, you come from an artistic family, but that it's like the family is encouraging that artistic tradition to keep oh, going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You think you ever have kids? I mean, I always, I always thought I would, and I definitely think I would be a great dad and want to, but you know, I I'm getting older, but the good thing about guys is, as long as you can shoot, you can make one. You know? I mean, yeah, look at Al Pacino, man. You got yeah. plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I'll definitely have a kid, but I've always just been in the mindset where I want to be feel secure and just my not my path. I mean, my path is my path. Like I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time, but just like financially and just like at a place where if I have a kid and a family, like we're not stressing out about bills and like this and that. And just like I've been, as you know, I've been fighting fighting the good fight as an artist for so long where like I, I put so much into this where like it would be hard to balance a toddler and what I'm doing, you know, where I don't want to sacrifice because I've been working towards this shit for so, so long, you know, it's just like, but I know a lot of artists do it and a lot of people do it, but I mean, maybe I'm selfish in that regard, but it's just like, I'm so passionate and, aggressively hustling towards achieving certain goals where I just want to be more set. But like, I'm, I've recently, I've been thinking like, you know, 
that mindset is starting to shift a bit as like, I got the restaurant and the golf stuff and like this music stuff. I'm not, I'm less in that rat race and kind of creating my own path to where I have a lot more peace to where, you know, I could, it could potentially happen sooner than later, but, um, obviously got to find the right woman for that. Yeah. That um, helps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's cool, man. And I think too, uh, it's like one of those things that you only learn as you get older and, and mature as a person and as an artist where it's like, there's so many decisions, whether they're life decisions or creative decisions where you're like, ah, oh, well, it's just not the right time. Like I'm busy, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you sort of realize after a while, it's like, it's never going to be the right time. Yeah. And, but all I'm trying to say, just sort of in support of of you eventually having a kid is like, we've talked this whole time about how much of a problem solver you are and how much of a hustler yeah. you've been your whole career. It's just like, I, I have no doubt that you would figure it out very yeah, quickly, you know? For sure. But like, I actually just became an uncle for the first time. My little brother just had kids. Shout oh, out great. Isaac. Um, that's amazing. But just like seeing my little brother have a kid, I go over there. He's like a month old. I'm just seeing this little being and he's changing her. I'm just like, wow, this looks really intense you know yeah. <laughs> and just such a precious thing i'm just like god damn like that's it's like a trip i'm i'm about to become yeah. an uncle for the first time in a couple months yeah. so I'll, I'll trade notes with you yeah i might end up like adopting a six-year-old once you're past that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just take a little shortcut I, or yeah, just ma- marry marry someone with a kid already just be like the cool stepdad oh there you go that's not a bad way to go either but also just creating a human obviously I'm sure and I've heard is just such a crazy, rewarding, you know, heartfelt experience that I would love to experience at some point. But uh I gotta gotta accomplish these fucking dreams, dog. Yeah, you got plenty of time. Don't don't let yeah. me pressure you. I was just because we were talking about like the family tradition, it's fun yeah. to think about you with a kid, because I feel like who knows what like crazy artistic thing your kid would go on to yeah. do, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, dude, I, I turned 41 this year. I'm still looking young. So you, you and me both, dude, I yeah. think we're doing all right. Yeah, dude. yeah. We both like look exactly the same. <laughs> it's like fucking <laughs> yeah, 15 you years ago. Exactly the same. It's crazy. So do you, bro. Hey, trying, man. Work, working. Some it other down. people, some other people can't say the same. <laughs> I look at my friends from, I look at some of my friends in high school. I'm like, Ooh, damn. No, I have this but. theory. I have this theory about what we do where it's like, it's it's a weird sort of duality where it keeps you young in a lot of ways, but then it makes you feel worse. So it's like, I feel yeah. like we look younger than a lot of people our age, but we feel worse than a lot of people our age. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. But I also think like by us, like, you know, our lives, we're kind of creating our own path. And just like do by doing that, you kind of remain younger. Like if I was like, had like, a wife and three kids and was working a job I hated, like it would just wear you down just mentally or like you're just less energetic in life in general, which like, I think just makes you age more. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm, I know I'm always going to feel like a kid mentally, yeah. you know, like I don't think yeah. that's ever going to go away. Yeah. But I do like, I'll, Sometimes, I mean, now, like, I'll go out to a rave and I'm just like, damn, these are some little ass kids right now. I'm like, that's true. Like, yeah. yeah, that is true. But at the same but, time, I there's something cool about that, too, because I think we can all still be connected through music. Like, even if I'm not in nah. the same place in my life to, like, hang out with a 20 year old raver, yeah. like, I would never do that. But yeah. I can get in the same room as a 20 year old raver and we can have the same experience through music. And, like, yeah. that's a cool, beautiful human thing, you know? And it, it almost gives me more peace. And, like, when I go out where I don't feel like, oh, I gotta, like, try and talk to fucking every person in there and, like, yeah. be, make friends with everyone. If I just go out, talk to the people I know I wanna talk to, if people know who I am and come say what's up, they say what's up. And I'm just like way more chill about like going out and I'm just like, like cutback partying, like way, like a lot, a lot, you know, obviously I'll still get it in here and there, but it's just like going out with a more, like I could go to go out to an event, like literally go there for 30 minutes, go talk to the people I need to talk to, be home by midnight. And I'm happy with that. Dude, but it's kind of the I'd, best. It's yeah, kind of the best. But, but yeah. before I, I'm going out and fucking 
you know, drinking and doing drugs at amounts of 7am. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, it's like, that's not, what is that? What is that helping? It's not helping my career. Like, you know, yeah. like obviously doing that every once in a while is fun, but it's just like that, that shit ain't worth it to me anymore, bro. But like, and I'm just like, I feel better. Like I wake up feeling good, like I'm exercising and just like, you know, just as you get older, you get wiser. But like at the same time, like those people doing that, they're in their twenties. So it's like that's the time you do that shit, you know? Like No, of course. But yeah, do it. And 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 it can be fun during that time. That's my whole thing these days is like yeah. I think when you're younger, you're chasing all these different things. Sometimes you don't even know what you're chasing. But then at this point, I think we're just chasing happiness, you know? Yeah. And that's pretty much it at this point. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm not chasing trying to fit in or be cool and what seemed like I know I'm dope at what I do. Like I don't got to prove shit to anyone anymore. Like that, that's my mindset now. And it's like, makes me feel a lot better, you know? Cause like, I don't need approval from this manager or this agent or this artist. Cause I know what I'm doing is dope and unique and that's it. That's all I need to be happy. You know? Yeah, of course. So man. Like, and, and there's a security in that feeling. I relate to that. Like, and don't get me wrong. Of course, there's still like that chip on the shoulder thing is still like a motivator, always. but, yeah. but it's, yeah, I think it's more for me, at least it's about like security in myself where it's just like, I don't know what happened, but sort of just over time, other people stop being able to affect me as yeah. much, you know? And I, I also feel like now that I'm just kind of paving my own way in all these different things, like certain people that I felt were like standoffish to me before when I was trying to fit in this certain mold. Now they're like, Oh, JC, what's up? That fucking golfing you did is dope. Like how's gorilla pies? Like they're like super interested in what I'm doing now. Where before they're like, Oh, he's just trying to get on this dubstep lineup. Like, right. you know, so it's just, yep. That like I have a lot more going on that I'm putting in the world that people are interested about. Like I go out and like random people are just like, yo, gorilla pies or like this and that. And it just like feels so good to like have multiple things that people think are cool that I'm doing, you know? Well, and that's that's a good life lesson for anybody, man, is once once you become more secure in yourself and your own identity and like just like self-love. It's it's a crazy thing, but it actually does attract people to you. It's like it's yeah. not about it's not even about like the things you do out in the world. It's just like, you know, if you feel better about yourself, other people can sense that and immediately yeah. they like you more. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, even when we first started this podcast, you're like, yeah, man, you, you seem really happy right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like you do project. It's great. Just good, good energy brings good energy. You know, if you're fucking negative and tweeting negative shit and walking to venues and you're like, ah, this and that hating on people, like that's what you're going to get back, you know? So yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to be fucking optimistic about all my endeavors and just keep pushing and making dope shit, you know? Is is there anything else we should say about the new album? Anything else you're doing before we wrap it up? I mean, just go check out the Twilight Nine album. You know, I really stepped outside of every box that I was in before. It's uniquely me. It's beautiful music, great vocals, great collaborators. And just like, I really encourage everyone to go out, listen to the album front to back. It's nine songs, about 23 minutes runtime. And that, I think it'll change any preconceived notion you might have about who I am as an artist and what I'm capable of. So it's just like, scrap whatever you thought about me, listen to this shit. And you're going to, you're going to realize that I'm on just on a whole new wave right now. And it's, it's unique and it's dope. And, uh, it's something that you should love. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. No, it's, it's a great album and we'll, yeah, you know, I'll do a little intro. We'll make sure everybody knows where to go to get it. And for awesome. anybody listening to this who who isn't familiar with you already, you can go back and listen to the first one we did where we went through your whole backstory, yeah. insane, you know, insane stories of you coming up and winning competitions and touring and all that kind of stuff. Great stories there yeah. too. So it's, yeah. you know, it's a fully full picture. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, we forgot to talk about how I brought Super 7 back. Oh, I, you know what? I actually even have a note to ask you about it, but yeah, you're bringing it back. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. Already I mean, after did, yeah. three, four year hiatus, I brought one back. Um, I think it was in May, but it was, uh, featuring, um, big gigantic, Flostradamus, gesture, John Casey. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Okay. And long story short. So like bringing that back, you know, that's always been something that's just like spreads love. It's just like about the culture. 
DJ community. So I'm going to be bringing that back more and more. Try probably do like two a year coming up. So definitely go check out the latest Super 7 mix. Come visit me at Gorilla Pies. Have the best pizza in your life. If you're in LA and if uh, you're good at golf, holler at me. And also I got these fly-ass shirts, a bunch sure, of merch nice. I just made. Nice. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, yeah, please. I'll, I'll put the link yeah. in the description for the show, yeah. all of that. I got these uh, these uh, album t-shirts I'm dropping that everyone gets one. You're going to get a custom golf ball with some Jay Sears nice. on it. So, uh, Very nice. You know, just mad love to everyone who tuned in. Mad love to you, bro. I appreciate you. And the fact you've been doing this podcast for so long is kudos to you. Hey, thank you, man. It means a lot. It's it's great to catch. I couldn't believe it had been this long since we did one of these. So it's great to catch yeah. up with you too, man. And and all the love back to you. Much love, Twilight yeah, Nine. I think we're JCR. done, man. Yeah. <laughs> great talking to you, dude. All right, bro. Peace. Take care. Peace.